man, it's good, so good to see you. Come on, turn to somebody and give them a high five. This morning's like a high five morning. Let's go. Come on, we're pumped that you're with us today. It's going to be good. Hey, Tuesday night is the bridge, BC West, 7.30. Tuesday night is the bridge, 19 through 24. Great ministry, juice about Tuesday night, 7.30, BC West, that is the bridge. Come on, pumped about that. You can actually even get on the app and get notifications and all that stuff. I really don't know how to do that, but if you know how to do that or find somebody who knows how to do that for the bridge, we have our own uh, group now. I don't know what that is, but we have our own group. It's going to be sweet. So you can get notifications on stuff for the bridge as well. Man, what a time of worship. Golly, man, so good. What a great reminder and song that he so deserves our worship and our praise. Man, it's so good to be reminded that we have the victory. It's so good to be reminded of our value and our worth before the creator of the heavens and the earth. And just to be reminded again today, man, I want my soul to be victorious. Man, if my soul is good, I'm good. Man, we need our young adults, we need our teenagers, our college students to just be so strong in their soul. I mean a soul that is secure, a soul that is mighty. I'm not worried about the outside, but man, if we have soldiers, men and women who are warriors for Christ, who are strong in their spirit and strong in their soul at a young age, man, there's nothing that God can't do. And then you look at um, those who are newly married and those who are married, those who have kids and now those who have grandkids. And you just say, no, wait a minute. God is doing the work. God is not sleeping, man. God ain't missing nothing. And you look at where we're at today and say, this is an amazing moment for the church. It is an amazing moment for the individual who has claimed Christ as Savior and Lord. Say, wait a minute. I am different and I am new and I have victory. And we begin to talk like it, act like it, and begin to think like it and see what God is going to do when there is this change that takes place. Say, I'm no longer of the world, man. I'm a new creature in Christ. BC, we're moving, baby. Good stuff. Good stuff. Come on. I love you. I hope that you're having a wonderful, wonderful season going into uh, the Christmas season and just celebrating Jesus, talking about Jesus where you go, being amazed at what the manger really represents. Man, God with us, put on flesh to put himself on the cross. Amazing. And today we continue with this. If you turn with Luke 1, please. Come on. Come on. Last week we looked at Old Testament, New Testament, went to several different places, and we just kind of looked at the prophecies that were fulfilled that just, uh, man, I hope that we can really, that you can really say, I, I believe the Bible, man. I trust the word. I believe it. I trust it. Everything in it, I believe it. God wrote everything down for us so we may know him. I love that, that we may know him. Everything we need to know about God, he wrote it down for us so we're not confused. And man, I want us to be able to say, I trust this. Man, when I need wisdom, I can go to this. When I need encouragement, I can go to this. When I need truth, I can go to this. And you just walk in a place to say, no, I know I, I trust the word. I believe the word is true. I believe it's accurate. And in that, I know Jesus. And I know that he is the truth. And he is the way. And I get that. Man, I want us to trust the word. That was last week. The, 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 the reality of the prophecies, just a few of them that we covered is proof that 700 years later, everything came through 100%, as God said. Never has been done before with accuracy. And I tell you what, when we get that, there should be a hope and some encouragement in the word to say, no, I bank on it. No, I believe it. No, I can trust it. And then we look to today, and we look at Luke 1, and we, we, we look at the 
another part of this Christmas story. And man, I'm just reading it through and reading it through. I encourage you to just read, just read through the Christmas story, Matthew and Luke. And just kind of read through it, read through it again, read through it again, read through it again, and just kind of gain some. There's so much. There's so much good in this. And there's so much to like, ah, I like that part. Oh, this is great. Whoo, could you imagine being in those shoes? Could you imagine like, man, <clears throat> and you look at this. And that's, that's how I roll with, with the Christmas story. I read it, and I read it again, and I read it, read it again. I pick this out, and I pick that out. And I'm like, oh, man, to be the shepherd. Woo, to be the wise man two years later. Really not a part of the Christmas story, but... It's in here. You know, where's the king who has been born? Like, okay, that's why it's in the Christmas story. But outside of that, like when you look, a lot of preaching on the, the Magi this year for some reason. It's incredible. Um, <clears throat> but you look at the Christmas story and you look at being, what, what would it have been like to be Joseph? What would it have been like to truly be Mary? That's amazing. What would it have been like to be the townspeople that they, they realize that there's this pregnant girl and there's something maybe even special and the shepherds come to the stable. Like, what was the big, that, what was that big show about? Like, who knows, right? But man, I was just reading it this year again and again, and something just came off to me as, as reading it saying, what was it? What was it that really convinced Mary? What, what was it that Mary said, I'm in? Yup. No turning back. It's amazing because you don't see Anywhere in scripture that Mary was that Mary was hesitant, that Mary fell backwards, that 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 Mary doubted. Like we see Mary being convinced. We see Mary saying, I'm in. I accept. You see where the disciples we know they failed. We know they questioned. We know they doubted. But you don't see that from Mary. She heard the ridicule. Her own other sons and daughters, they never really got it until after Jesus was raised from the dead. So you got Mary flying solo for a season of Jesus' life. Joseph was passed on and you just see that there was a point in the beginning where Mary got it and she became convinced and I want to look at that this morning and I want us to just kind of dive into this and see this because my hope is this it's just not Mary's story you and me we need to be convinced we need to understand who our God is we need to understand the power and the authority of God still today. Same God yesterday, today, and forever. Same God who is unchanging. Same God who is all-powerful. Same God who is everywhere all at once. Same God who knows everything. There is nothing, nothing that God doesn't know. So as much as Mary was convinced... What is it that's going to convince me and you to say, no, God, I know you. And I believe that nothing is impossible for you. What happens to our faith that will go to a new level to say, God, I believe that nothing's impossible for you. What's it going to take to convince us of that? 
Come on, I want, I want us to see this. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity. I thank you for the day. God, I ask that you would speak in a powerful way this morning. God, speak to every single person that's here, every person online. God, that we would get this. We would understand this. Father, by your spirit, you would move among us in such a way. God, that as we deliver this word, God, as I speak on this word, as I speak on this truth, God, there will be a shift in our own spirits. God, there will be something done in our soul today to say, God, I am convinced. God, I believe that it is right, and I believe that it is true, that God, God, there is nothing, absolutely nothing impossible for you, for you are God. And God, I pray that we are convinced of that today in Jesus' name. Come on, amen? Come on, look at this, verse 26, Luke 1. We're going to read this and just kind of keep reading just a little bit. I want you to follow with me, please. Now, in the sixth month, then, then an angel, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to the city in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph. We talked about this last week. Recap. Of the descendants of David, the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, Greetings, favor one, for the Lord is with you. But she was very perplexed at this statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation this was. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son. And you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and he will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And to his kingdom, there will be no end. Like this is, this is Gabriel. Gabriel's a big deal. He's a, one of the higher ranking angels and he is the messenger angel. And he shows up to this virgin teenager and says, listen, this is the deal. This is what's about to happen, right? You're going to, you're going to conceive in your room and bear a son and you're going to call his name Jesus. He will be great. Every mom, right? thinks their, their son or their daughter when they get pregnant, they think, ah, there's greatness within my womb. And we should think that. We should begin to pray that way. There's greatness. This child, God, you have a plan and a purpose. Like, so, you know, we understand that. Okay, yes, he'll be great. We high-five that. He will be called the son of the most high. Okay, now it's getting like, okay, whoo. Um, like, because of the cross, we're sons and daughters. But here, the second one here is a claim that no other human being can claim that your son is truly the son of the most high God. Everyone can declare, hey, yeah, he's going to be great. We high five, we pray for greatness in our womb, amazing. But then it goes like, okay, okay, like he's going to be like the son of the most high and the Lord will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom will have no end. Here's the claims that we can't claim for his kingdom will have no end. And Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I'm a virgin? The angel answered her and said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you. For that reason, the holy child will be called the son of God. And behold, watch this, here it is. Here's a part of the convincing piece. Like an angel shows up, that's a pretty big deal, right? But angels are in the past. Like we see angels showing up, Old Testament, even the New Testament. We see what's taking place. And then, and then he's like, all right, we need, to, we need to convince Mary that this is the reality. Like this is the truth. And he's like, oh, listen, Mary, I want you to hear this. Verse 36, he says this, and behold, like behold, when you see behold in scripture, highlight that, circle that, that's like, that's like, ah, that's like a wow factor. That's like exclamation point. Like that's, that's like announcement to come. And he says, behold, even your relative Elizabeth, who is, who has, who, who has also conceived a son in her old age. And she, and she who is called barren is now in her sixth month. Hey, Mary, your, your, your relative, some would say her cousin, Elizabeth, beyond child years, 
She has been barren her whole life. She's never had a child. And she's past that age. She just, it's not possible. And Mary knows this. Mary knows her relative Elizabeth. Mary knows that, that Zacharias and Elizabeth are childless. She knows that. She, she, listen, she knows the reality of that in that day. To not have a child was a really big, big deal. Many looked at you as you were in sin your whole life because God wouldn't give you a child. It was, it was such a down thing. It was such a thing that was looked on as there must be sin in your life somewhere. So she knew this was a huge deal. I'm not saying that's the way she felt about Elizabeth and Zacharias, but that was the temperature of the day. So when the angel gives this peace, hey, Mary, your relative Elizabeth, the one who's you know, um, we won't really tell her this, but she, she's way past the years. Like you wouldn't want to say that you're way too old to have children. But the angel says that. Like she's way past those years. And you know this, Mary. Guess what? She's in her sixth month. And then he just simply drops this one sentence. For nothing will be impossible with God. Hey, Mary, I'm here with you. I'm telling you, there's going to be a miraculous birth that you are a virgin who's going to be with child. Impossible. Miraculous. Huh, matter of fact, the child that you're with, that's Jesus. Huh. Matter of fact, your cousin, Elizabeth, too old to have children, never had children. Another miracle, Mary, for she's pregnant. For nothing will be impossible for God. Our church, what, what do we get from this? Like, what do we look from this to saying, okay, same God, God all-powerful. I believe that he's all-powerful. I believe there's nothing that God can't do. There's nothing hard for God. Like, what happens when you are convinced of this? What, what does your prayer life look like? When you have been praying and you've been praying and you've been praying, what does your prayer life look like? What is the depth of our prayer life when we know nothing's impossible for God? And I'm not asking you asking for a Rolls Royce. I'm not, I'm not worried about your stuff. I'm not worried about your possessions. Yes, I believe that God can bless. But if it's always just give me, give me, give me, God, I want blessing, blessing, blessing. Ah, wrong. God, help me to walk by faith. God, help me to walk in a way that even if, God, everything falls apart, I will yet still follow you. Yet, God, even if it doesn't go my way, I know that you have a plan. Yet, even though I am persecuted, it's just, listen, when you think about the church around the world and you put your mind to those who are truly in persecution and in jail and losing their lives and getting beaten in front of their kids unless they renounce the name of Jesus, and yet they are so strong in their faith, I don't think they're asking for the Rolls Royce. Like, we need to get this. How deep is our prayer? Do we believe that we serve a God that there is nothing hard for him? God, I want to walk strong and God, I want to be bold and God, I want to be firm in my faith. God, if I'm yet the only one, yet God, I will serve you. That's bold. That's strong faith. And we go to the Elizabeth Zacharias story and we see this. We look at this still right in Luke 1 and we, look, we pick it up even in verse 5. It says this. 
In the days of Herod, king of Judah, there was a priest named Zacharias in the division of Agi, and the wife from the daughter of Aaron, her name was Elizabeth. So this is the story of Zacharias and Elizabeth. And they were both righteous in the sight of God, walking blameless in all in the commandments and the requirements of the Lord. I love this. Watch this, man. Highlight verse six. And they were both righteous in the sight of God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and requirements of the Lord. Like when you see there's this Couple, husband and wife, Zacharias and Elizabeth, and they were doing everything right according to God. Yet in their old age, yet barren. So we see it wasn't because there was sin in the camp. We see it wasn't because God was judging. It was because God had a plan. Man, do we have Deuteronomy um, 12.10 up there, please? Can we put that up there, please? Do we have that? I love this. 1012 says this. And, and when you get this church, I want us to see, okay, like, like this, this is who they were. Now, Israel, what does the Lord require from you but to fear the Lord your God? Like if we just did this, just do this. Take Deuteronomy 1012 and do this. Now, Israel, what does the Lord require of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways and to love him and to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul? This is the picture of Zacharias and Elizabeth. They were picking up how to follow God Old Testament-wise. Jesus hasn't yet come. We're on that story. Jesus comes. But this is how those in the day from Old Testament to the beginning of the New Testament, right? This is how you walked right with God. What does the Lord require from you? Fear the Lord. Have this reverence and this respect and awe of God. Like this is where they were to walk in all his ways and love him. That means uh, I love to walk in all his ways. That, that means it's only by his terms. We don't walk in the way of the government when it's against God. We don't walk in the way of man when they're against God. We don't walk in the way of politics when it's against God. We walk in the way of God when it's for God. God is always for God. Please hear that. God is always for God. And when you see this, okay, this is where they were, right? but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways and to love him and to serve the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul. So we, we get back to this. This is this picture of Zacharias and Elizabeth, and this is who they were. Verse seven, but they had no, no child, child because Elizabeth was barren and they were both advanced in years. That's so kind. They were both advanced in years. Verse eight, now it happened. <laughs> I like that. Here again, you have this amazing Christmas story, and this is a part of the story that you've got Zacharias. He's just serving in the temple as a priest. You've got Elizabeth. She's just in her old age. They have lived their life. And then all of a sudden, there's this change that's about to happen. Just what happens if you are just I can't encourage you enough. Just stay faithful. Stay consistent. Stay faithful. Stay consistent. Stay faithful. Stay consistent. Because you may just have, and now it happened. You may have a God plan for you that hasn't quite come into fruition. That it just might be if you just stay faithful and you are consistent. And you just stay faithful and you are consistent. And you're not this yo-yo effect that's just always up and down. Where I didn't get it my way. Where I didn't get what God has been, what I've been asking God for. And I've been praying. It just didn't happen my way and you're this yo-yo effect. Man, you've got Zacharias and Elizabeth who walked in the ways of the Lord, who loved him and served him with all their heart and with all their soul. This is, this is who they were. They were blameless as they walked with God. 
And they were just consistent, even though life didn't go their way. They had no children. And they were beyond the years. They had to come to grips with this to say it's just not going to happen. But yet we will still walk blamelessly before the Lord. And we will love him. And we will have this reverence for him. And we will still just yet be consistent. But child isn't coming. Now it happened. Oh, I love that. And now it happened. That while he was performing his priestly service before God, the appointed order of the division, according to the custom of the priestly office that was chosen by Lot to enter the temple of the Lord to burn incense, the whole multitude of the people were in prayer outside the hour of incense offering. This is just Zacharias being where he's supposed to be. This is Zacharias just doing what God's called him to do. Just being consistent. This is why this is so important. It's just him doing what God's called him to do. And then verse 11, then an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing at the right of the altar of incense. And we know that later on this is Gabriel. Gabriel shows up to Zacharias. Zacharias was troubled when he saw the angel and fear gripped him. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zacharias. Watch this. Verse 13 is huge. I want us to get this. Don't miss this. Watch this. But the angel of the Lord said to him, do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your petition has been heard. For your petition has been heard. For your petition has been heard. What was that petition? Petition means prayer. For your prayer has been heard and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you will give him the name John. For you will have joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth. I love this. The angel shows up. They are past due. Like they are, they are not having children. They have had to come to grips with this. The angel says, says, hold on a minute. Your petition has been heard. That means that they have been praying for what? That we would have a son. Church, what happens if I could just encourage you to just keep praying and just keep believing? I don't know. We don't know the whole story. We don't know if they were continuously praying for something that couldn't happen. Past, past due. I don't know if they were praying fervently, praying fervently, praying fervently, praying fervently. God heard their prayer. That's what it says. God has heard your petition and your wife will bear a son. Like this is them. There was a day that they were praying and they were praying and they were believing. God give us a son that will bring us joy and gladness. And this is what Gabriel says. Listen, Zacharias, God has heard your prayer. Your wife, Elizabeth, will have a son. And I believe, based off the rest of the story, why Zacharias is so shocked by this is because this was a prayer that was of long ago. Like if they're still praying and they're still praying and they're still believing and they're still walking by faith, Elizabeth, we're going to have a child. Dude, listen, listen. Ah, it's not working. Like we can't have children. This isn't working. Like we're too old. No, I believe we're going to like... If you're praying and you're believing and you're walking by faith and the news comes, you instantly rejoice. God, you've heard my prayer. Gabriel shows up and says, Zacharias, this is about what's going to happen. The Lord has heard your prayer. Your wife Elizabeth is going to bear a son. His immediate response wasn't like, yeah, of course. 
We walked by faith. We knew that was going to happen. That wasn't, that wasn't his response. Verse 15, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and he will drink no wine or liquor, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, yet from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the sons of Israel back to the Lord their God. For it is he who will go as a forerunner. This is talking about John the Baptist. He will go as a forerunner before him in the spirit and the power of Elijah. He will turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children, the disobedient of the attitude of the righteous. So he will make ready a people prepared for the Lord. His message, John the Baptist's message was, was repent. That was his message. Turn back. Repent. Zechariah said to the angel, how will I know this for certain? Here's the doubt. How will I know this for certain? For I am an old man and my wife, I love where he says, I'm an old man and my wife is advanced in years. Learn, gentlemen, learn. <laughs> I love it. He didn't say she's an old woman. He says, I'm an old man, but she's advanced. Women, you are way advanced in every area of life. Women, you are advanced. Amazing. I love that. But that, that's, that's where you've got to unpack this and say, ah, he, he probably wasn't still praying for this. Honey, we prayed. And you know what? We just have to believe that it is God's will for us just to be barren. Because we walk blameless before him. And we walk in this reverence of him. So they still maintained this consistency. Watch this. Please hear me that life wasn't about them. We're going to serve God no matter what. We're going to walk in the great reverence of him no matter what. We're going to pray and we're going to believe. But yet if it doesn't go our way, honey, we're still going to walk blameless before him. Church, what happens when it doesn't go your way and you still just love the Lord and you still are walking by faith and you are still consistency walking in victory. Say, Lord, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What happens if you really begin to pray, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What happens if that becomes a bold prayer to say, God, I know that nothing is impossible for you. God, I know that you are a God who can do all things. But God, I want your will to be done and not mine. God, I need your will to be done and I pray for your will to be done. And God, if I'm seeking you, and if I'm seeking your will, I know that your will will be done when two or three agree. Like when we walk in, a, in an understanding of the depth and the power of prayer, we see this so real with Zacharias and Elizabeth, where they were praying and they were praying and they were praying. And then he says, ah, how do I know this for real? Like, how is this really going to happen? Because I'm old. Elizabeth is advanced in years and it ain't working. So somehow along the line, I believe that they just owned that we were going to be barren, but yet we will still just serve the Lord. That's amazing, church. So many people don't get what they ask for, and they back out of God. But we see Zacharias serving the Lord, doing what the Lord has called him to do regardless. An angel shows up and says, hey, uh, your petition has been heard. I just imagine if Zechariah went into his heart and said, man, when was the last time I prayed for that? And because of his doubt, 
The angel says, dude, you're mute, man. You're not going to be able to speak until John the Baptist is born. Many wives would think that was an amazing event. Could you imagine that game of charades that he has to go home and talk to Elizabeth? The Bible says he goes home and he tells Elizabeth all that happened. Like, hey, like, are you calling me fat? No. I'm like, could you imagine that game of charades? He's looking at his wife going, bang. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Like the wife's response, right? Like he's just trying to play this game of charades. And he's like, could you imagine trying to spell that out? An angel showed up. It was like, you know, do you do angel wings? Like, I don't know. What do you do? Like, right. And then, oh man, you're going to have a big belly and woo, we're going to have a son. He's going to be great. Like, could you imagine him trying to write all this out? But church, when you see, I want, the point is this, is that you see Mary understood the depth of the miracle of Elizabeth being pregnant. Mary got that. As a teenage girl, she got that. She understood that that's impossible. And if that's impossible, but yet God made it possible, then maybe what the angel is telling me that is impossible, God can make possible. Church, what is it that convinces you that there's nothing hard for the Lord? Look, what is it that convinces you that there's truly nothing hard for the Lord? Come on, they're going to put it up on the screen, but if you would, we've got a couple minutes. Turn to Jeremiah, please, chapter 32. Jeremiah, chapter 32. When, when we truly see just, just the truth that God, you are a God of, of the impossible and there is nothing difficult for you. And I think our perspective has to be of the right perspective of who truly, of who our, our God really is. Psalm 115 verse 3 says this. I just want to read this to you as you're turning. Psalm 115 verse 3. It says this, but our God is in the heavens and he does whatever he pleases. Our God is in the heavens and he does whatever he pleases. Psalm 135 verse 6 says this, Whatever the Lord pleases, he does in heaven, in earth, in the sea, and all the deep. Like, like when we get the proper picture that it is God who sits in the heavens and he does whatever he pleases, whether that be in heaven, whether that be on the earth, whether that be in the seas or whether that be in the depths. Like God is capable of doing whatever he wants to do because he's God. Amen. Isaiah 43 says when God acts, no one reverses it. Well, we we got to understand when God acts, it's not like we have a chance to contend it. Sodom and Gomorrah couldn't change what God did. They couldn't contend it. Right? You can't contend punishment after judgment comes, after death comes judgment. If you don't know Jesus Christ, there's punishment. You're not going to contend that. When God acts, no one can reverse it. It's not like we have a say. Church, we've got to get in our minds that it's God who's in control and we serve him. It's God Almighty who says, nothing's impossible for me. I sit in the heavens and I do whatever I please. And man, you can't change it. Like there's no reversal to the flood. Like when it started raining... It started raining. God gave great warning to the raining. Wasn't going to change. 
God wiped out everybody on the earth. Why? Because of sin. Because God said, I'm bummed that I even made man on the earth. Because sin became so rampant and ugly. And wickedness was in every man's heart. And all of a sudden, like, no one could change that. My point is this. When God acts, no one can reverse it. And we can't change it. We can't change it. When God acts, when Sodom and Gomorrah got bombed, no one's going to reverse that. When God said, let it rain, no one could stop that. God does whatever he pleases. Church, what happens when we can be convinced today to know, God, there is nothing impossible for you. God, I am in a crazy circumstance, and God, I am going through it, and maybe this is you. Just like, God, my soul actually can be strong. I can have a peace. It's not impossible, God, that I have a peace in my spirit. It's not impossible, God, that I am praying for healing and that, God, you can heal. God, it's not impossible, God, that I know that I have been sowing. There's nothing wrong with believing that God will bless you in your finances. But if it's only and always about God's blessing you in your finances, you missed. You've missed. By the way, the blessing in finances is attached to your giving and your generosity. So when, when we try to bring this thing in, man, what is it? that would do something in your spirit today to say, no, wait a minute, I, I need to be convinced. As much as Mary was convinced, and then Gabriel says, listen, Mary, for nothing will be impossible for God. As much as a miracle of Elizabeth being six months pregnant, there's nothing difficult for God. It's not like that one was a big one for God, and yet the virgin birth, man, that's a little more difficult. Like, I don't know. Like, isn't it amazing that we actually pray for a headache, and we believe that God healed our headache, and we're juiced about it, but, but when we pray for someone sick, all of a sudden, we think this is a big one? Like, we've got to change that. Nothing is hard for the Lord. What is it that convinces us of this? And I think uh, Jeremiah 32 has that answer, and I want us to see it. I want us to look at this. Jeremiah 32 is just simple. This is Jeremiah. He's praying. And church, I love this. What if this was our prayer? What if, what if we go into prayer? This is what I want, even for 2023. Like, I want you to pray. We have increased our time of prayer for 2022 here at Believer's Chapel through staff, through other prayer meetings, through other men's meetings, through other women's meetings. Like we have upped our game and saying, God, we've got to come together and we've got to be a people who will pray, not just individually, not just on your knees at home. But what is it to say, no, I'm going to pray if there's somebody at work that I can pray with. I'm going to pray if there's somebody like whatever that looks like that we, we get into this place of this is how we will pray and we will pray with expectation. We'll get into what I believe January, February, March, I believe what 2023 will look like for this church. I'm going in it with just a serious high expectation because I know God hears our prayers. And we've been praying through 2022 and we're gonna continue to pray through 2023. And this is how we pray. Look at this, Jeremiah 32, verse 17. This is Jeremiah and this is how he prays. Oh Lord God, behold, I love that. Like, isn't it amazing? They were like, oh Lord God, come on, behold, like an announcement. Behold, there's confidence in that word. For you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power. The word power here is, is a force, an authority. The word great is exceeding. Like there is this exceeding, magnificent, magnitude force of God. God, you have made the heavens by your great, by your magnificent, by your magnitude, by a force. I love where he's at. God bless my Cheerios. God, you know, help, 
Help me on my test. You know, like we pray these little wimpy, little sissy prayers. As if God cares about your Cheerios. No, God, I know that you are the God who created the heavens and the earth. It was done by your magnificent force and by your outstretched arm. That's your ability. Church, this is how we pray. Creation proves God's greatness. Creation proves God's authority. Creation proves God's ability. And Jeremiah says this, for nothing is too hard for the Lord. Behold, by your great power and by your outstretched arms of your ability, God, you have made the heaven and the earth for nothing is too hard for the Lord. Come on, amen. When you get that and you walk in that place to say hallelujah, for nothing is too hard for the Lord. Man, this is the way that Mary was convinced. What is a church that convinces you to say nothing is too difficult for him? The Lord sits in the heavens and he does whatever he pleases. And when God acts, no man can reverse it. This is my God. This is my Father. This is the one that I serve. But nothing is too hard for the Lord. Take Jeremiah 32. And you make it your pattern. And you declare, behold, you make an announcement. Lord, for you made the heaven and the earth by your great power and your outstretched arm, by your magnificent force, by your ability. And because of that, God, I know nothing is too hard for you. For let your kingdom come and let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, I'm just going to be consistent. God, I'm going to be the the Zacharias. I'm just going to do what you've called me to do, I'm going to be in the place that you've called me to be. And now it happened. I believe this, that you will have a true 2023 of now it happened. Now it happened. Gabriel says, Zacharias, the Lord has heard your prayer. I can't even remember the last time I prayed that. You sure? Like he was questioning it. Nah, you sure? Then we get back to Mary. Luke 1. After going through all of this in this teenager's heart, teenagers, oh, I am excited for our teenagers 2023. I want our teenagers to be so bold and so strong when the world is crumbling and the world is full of lies and the world is just pushing a sin agenda. I need need our teenagers to say, ah, no, but nothing is impossible for God. Be it done to me according to your word. No, I will be that one who stands firm. I will be the one not looking to my right or to my left. I will be I will be that Joshua who says, listen, you serve whoever you're going to serve, but ask for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Like have a teenager get that. Listen, the way of the world can go the way of the world, but me and God, we're going to go his way. 
Like let the teenager, you got a teenage girl going, ah, this is crazy. Me? Hey, your cousin Elizabeth, six months pregnant. That's impossible. Oh no, you see with God, nothing is impossible. There was this moment of convincing that Mary ushers these, some of the most beautiful words of scripture from a teenage girl, verse 38. And Mary said, behold, there's that word again, I love it. Behold, it's a statement word, church. The bond slave of the Lord. That means a servant girl. As a teenager, she got it. I mean, I serve him. I'm a slave to God. The bond slave of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. She's saying, I am convinced that this is my assignment. I am convinced that I am the favored and blessed one. I am convinced that there is nothing impossible for God. Be it done to me according to your word. Listen, I get it. I'll take the hits. No idea what my man-to-be is going to think. I know I'll be called all kind of names. I know my life is going to be turned upside down and sideways. But be it done to me according to your word. I wonder how many times. We don't know. It's not said. I wonder if there was ever a time that she had to repeat that. Be it done to me according to your word. Eight days in, they take Jesus after he's born to the temple. You've got the the priest that has been there that the Holy Spirit has revealed to him. Listen, this is the deal. Uh, You're not going to see death until the Messiah is born. Mary shows up with Jesus. He knows instantly. And he blesses the child Jesus. Then he turns to Mary and looks her in the eyes and says, listen, it's going to be as if your very own soul is pierced. Mary, this isn't going to be easy. You'll have your moments you're going to ponder and you're going to be like, oh, wow, my heart is so full. This is amazing. Look at my son go. And there's going to be these moments as a mom. Mary, there's going to be moments that you are going to be filled with pain and sorrow. He's a wonder for her spirit. She's like, there's nothing impossible for God. I don't know, be it done to me according to your word. No, I'm convinced. I'm convinced. I'm convinced. Nothing is hard for him. Same God, church. Same God for eternity. Same God forever. I want us as a church to be convinced that as we just walk consistent in him, Lord, let your will be done. 
Lord, let your will be done. I will not let the world shake me. I will not let the sin of this day shake me. I will not let politics shake me. Nothing will be impossible for him. Be it done to me according to your word. Come on, if you could just stand, please. Come on, as we close in a song, I just ask, like, where are you in this this morning? Like, begin to believe in our prayer that as we pray, we pray to a God who sits in heaven and he does whatever he pleases. He's that powerful. He's all powerful. There's no limit. There's no end. He is God Almighty. And He hears our petition. He hears our petition if you're praying His will. And just bow your heads. Maybe you've been praying for a long time and you've just been asking God for something. And, you, and you're just starting to waver a little bit. And you're just starting to say, man, is it me? Am I not getting my answer because it's me? Am I, am I not getting my answer because I don't have enough faith? And then doubt begins to creep in. Yet all along you believed, God, you are all powerful. I know there's nothing difficult for you. And I know that you hear me and you love me when I pray. You lean in and you incline your ear to me. God, I get that. I know that. But God, what is it? Maybe that was Zacharias and Elizabeth, but they maintained this consistency. They maintain walking blameless. They maintain their, their reverence and respect of God. They never wavered in that. And today, I just encourage you, man, if you are in God's will, that you would just maintain and that you would be consistent and you would walk in a way to say, God, I trust you. Whether I get my answer or not, God, I will not waver. God, I will trust you. God, I will be bold. God, I will be courageous for I know nothing, absolutely nothing. God, nothing is impossible for you. And I'm convinced based off of creation. You would say, be it done to me according to your word. Whatever that looks like ahead, the things that we do not know, the things that we don't know we will have to face. You are reminded, be it done to me according to your word. Come on, as we sing, man, come on, nail this down. You and God for a moment, nail it down. If anyone needs prayer for any reason, We'll have people right up front here to pray. Come on.